0: Amen. Praise the Lord. And so I'm going to be speaking tonight out of St. Mark chapter 4, the last seven verses of this chapter. Let's stand in reverence and salute to God's word. Amen. Praise God. What a joy it is to be in God's house on Wednesday night. And uh, if you didn't get to participate in the roundtable discussion, it is on Facebook, YouTube. Uh, We covered a lot of ground Sunday night and you'll be better for it if you'll listen and study and grow in the things of the Lord. Verse 35, Mark chapter four. And the same day when the even was come, Jesus saith unto them, let us pass over, not out, don't pass out, pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent the multitude And Jesus arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. He didn't say, Please be still. He said, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? Notice verse 35 says, let us pass over to the other side. Jesus gave us a commandment. It also is a commandment for us today. How many know that the Lord wants us to pass over to the other side? And then in verse 1 of chapter 5, it says, and they came over. Uh, in Luke 8, 26, it says, and they arrived. And so from here to over there, there may be some upsets. From here to to the other side, there may be some storms. From here to the other side, when we get to heaven, there may be some pressure along the way. But Jesus Christ promised to get us to the other side. Amen. I want to use for a subject tonight, hang on. You may be seated. Hang on. There's something about the storms that tend to hit us heavy and I want to point out four thoughts as we begin to proceed in the message. And I want to start by simply saying, don't let the middle of the storm confuse you or terrify you. Don't let the middle of the storm, you're in a storm, don't let it confuse you or terrify you or frighten you. Number two, hang on because the end of the storm, at the end of every storm is always a great calm. There's never been a storm so big that it doesn't blow out. You say, my today is hard, and I'm stuck in today. Well, I want to tell you, Jesus Christ is not stuck in today. He waits for you on tomorrow, and we, he will get us to a brighter, beautiful tomorrow. Amen. Your past may be dark, dingy, and soiled. Your today may be dark, dingy, confused, and soiled, but your future is whiter than snow. You've got a wonderful future. Number three, when you get embarrassed, hang on, don't let go. I want to talk about uh, in the in the process of this sermon about getting embarrassed. You know, it's it, no one wants to be embarrassed, but we need to remember that uh, the devil would love to embarrass us all. He wants to put us all to shame. Number four, hang on because you have nothing else to hang on to. You got to hang on to Jesus because there's no one else to hang on to. Amen? So I want to begin by simply saying, don't let the middle of this storm a problem in your life confuse or terrify you. Um. They're going across to the other side, like you and I. And while they're going across the other side, I believe Satan sent a great storm of wind. And that wind was so fierce that it was blowing water inside the ship or the boats where they were, not just the ship where Jesus was asleep on the pillow, but other little ships along. You may not feel like that you're in the big ship, but we're all little ships. Amen. And we're, we're part of a great fellowship. Amen. You say, what is fellowship? Well, that's where two fellows get together in fellowship. It's two fellows in a ship. That's fellowship. Amen. And your ship may be tossing, and there may be storms, and it gets hectic. But we need to never allow the storms to confuse us. God loves us. God has a plan for us after the storm blows over. The wind was fierce. One thing I want everyone to understand today that don't try to watch the wind because it's invisible. When you watch the wind, you only see the damage it does or the movement it creates. So don't be a wind watcher or a storm chaser. Be a Jesus chaser. Be a Word of God watcher. Don't try to watch the wind. And quit feeling the wind. Now, I understand the Holy Ghost, a picture of the Holy Ghost is the wind, and trust me, you're not going to avoid that. If, if God wants you to feel him, you'll feel him. Amen? When I got saved, I don't know about you, probably there's several in this room that could identify with what I'm saying. Um, I met God in the fire. When I got saved, I met God in the fire. My name wasn't Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. My name's James, but I met God in the fire. And God took me through and showed me His powerful presence and His love for my life. So don't try to watch the wind. It's impossible. It'll go one way, another way, and, and you'll just be looking at things. And if you keep watching things being blown around, a tumbleweed rolling this way and then rolling that way, and you see the debris and you see the wind causing problems, all you're gonna do is when, you, when your eyes start darting back and forth at damage, You'll never understand the great creative power of God, so don't try to, to, to see the wind or watch the wind, and don't try to feel the wind. I know folks today that uh, uh, they do pretty good under the circumstances. I guess my question would be, why are you under the circumstances? I had guy tell me the other day, well, I'm doing pretty good under the circumstances. I said, what are you doing down under there? We're not supposed to be walking by sight. We're to walk by faith, not by sight. We're not to be moved about by what we see. We're to be moved about by what God has given us to his promise. Now, I love it when God begins to move and touch lives. But when the storm comes and it comes fiercely and you get fearful and afraid and you start watching the or feeling the wind feeling the opposition feeling the pain i want to say when that happens understand that the storm will cause you to be confused and the problems around us if we keep our eyes on the tragedies all around us will cause you to be terrified But as a child of God, we do not have to be afraid. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Have not I commanded thee? Be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. Joshua 1.9. And he had to say that to Joshua because he was taking Moses' place. And I mean, no, I would need a lot of encouragement if I was taking Moses' place. And Joshua needed a lot of encouragement. I'm convinced we live in an hour that we need more encouragement every day because of everything that's happening around us. But please hear me out. When you get into a storm or you get confused and you get afraid, many times you will not see God and focus on God the way you should focus on God. The storm was so horrific The Bible called it a great wind, and it was so horrific, the waves were blowing into the ship, and they were terrified, and what did they do? They got together and decided that they would send someone back at the back of the ship and wake Jesus up. Now, I'm sure they didn't get a committee going. Okay, who's going to go wake up the master? I'm sure they didn't do that. And I'm sure that the person that went back there to wake up Jesus didn't say, hey, 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 I'm sorry to interrupt you, but uh, there's something going on up front. No, they were in terror. They cried out, woke him up and said, Master, Master, care us not that we perish. And Jesus arose. I believe Jesus could be could easily say to you and I today, when we feel like that, God doesn't care. We feel like God has kind of left us behind and we're kind of trailing way behind and we, and we just feel alone. I believe God would say to you and I, if we said, don't you care, God? They said that uh, Jesus cares not that we perish. I believe Jesus could have said, I'm in the boat because I care. I'm in the storm because I care. I'm with you because I care. I'm in the world because I care. I came to this world because I care. I came to your darkness because I care. I came to you to give you eternal life because I care. Don't doubt the fact that God cares for you and I. And so he rested in the ship when he got up He walked to the front of the ship, he looked at the wind, and he said, Peace be still. He rebuked the wind. He didn't say, please, 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 pretty, please be still. He just walked to the front of the ship and said, Shut up! He said it didn't say that. In the Hebrew, or not Hebrew, the Greek, in the Greek it says that. What he actually said to it when he said, Peace be still, he actually said, Shut up and put a muzzle on your mouth. That's what he actually said. Put a muzzle on it. Amen. How many know the devil needs a muzzle on him? Every time he tries to give us trouble, he ought to be going, Mm-mm-mm. Amen. Every time he's trying to give us a hard time, the old devil ought to because the word of God has muffled out his voice. The promise of God has muffled out the voice of the storm. Peace be still. And that old wind laid back and began to purr like a kitten. That water just began to lay back into the sand of the Galilee and just laid still. And the sea became as calm as the sea of glass because the master said, peace be still. Wow. There's never been a storm so big that it doesn't blow out. Always remember that. And always remember that after a storm, when you put Jesus in your life during the storm, after the storm, there'll always be a great calm. Now, all around you, the storm may shatter everything. But if you include Jesus in the midst of your storm and you trust God in the midst of your storm. There may be material matter scattered everywhere. There may be debris scattered everywhere. But I tr- listen to me, happier are they that know their God. And remember me, uh, remember that uh, thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee. And we need to understand that when, when the storm blows through, it may uproot everything around us. But if you've included Jesus in your life, there'll be a great calm. All around me there's turmoil, but in me it's a great calm. All around our nation is turmoil, but in me it's a great calm. All around what's happening with Israel and happening with Hamas and, and all the other troubled countries in the Middle East and all the quagmire and the confusion among politicians and all the, the threats all around us. As a Christian in us, it's a great calm. Because Jesus Christ said, peace I give unto you. Peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, but give I unto you. Peace I give unto you. I want you to know, God gave me peace. The world didn't give it to me, and the world can't take it away. Jesus Christ gave me joy and the world didn't give it to me and the world can't take it away. A bottle didn't give me my joy. A pill didn't give me my joy. Pleasures of the world didn't give me my joy. This good word of God gives me my joy. The promise of God, the joy of the Lord is our strength. It's not a bottle. It's not a pill. It's not a drug. It's not some kind of hyper pleasure you're seeking. It's God. It's his word in this day that we're troubled. We can stand on this good word of God. Yes. Amen. Yes. Woo! Man. But the devil wants to try to embarrass us. Did you know that there's an interesting story in 2 Kings chapter 19? There was a king by the, by the name of Zer, Zeracarib. Sennacherib, Sennacherib. They asked me at, at Taco Bell what name do they put on the ticket and I say, Sennacherib. I said, how do you spell that? And I said, J-A-M-E-S. Sennacherib. Sennacherib was the king of Assyria. The capital of Assyria at that time was Nineveh, the same place that Jonah went and preached to. You know, Jonah and the fish in the well. Sennacherib was in the time of Hezekiah. Hezekiah was the king of Judah, Jerusalem, and Sennacherib sent him a dirty letter. It wasn't a peace covenant. Sennacherib sent a letter to King Hezekiah, the king of Judah, a letter, and that letter basically said this: you're toast, you're dead. We're coming after you, we're gonna destroy you, we're bigger than you, we're more powerful than you, our God's bigger than your God, we're gonna come and we're gonna overcome because our God's bigger than your God of Israel. And the letter just went on and on and on about how Sennacherib's gonna conquer Hezekiah. Hezekiah reads the letter. He folds it back up, puts it back in the envelope. He goes to the temple of God. He walks into the temple of God and he takes that letter out, spreads it out before the Lord. He just spreads it out on the altar and Hezekiah looks up to heaven and says, you've got mail. Look what this king is saying about you. Look what this king said he's gonna do to us and you. And God obviously knew the letter already. He may have read it and made him madder. And so he looked over to the corner of a little angel. Maybe not a great big angel, just a little angel over in the corner of heaven. He said, you, come here, come here. I want you to go down there to the Assyrian army that's gathered around Israel, and I want you to take some of them boys out. Yeah. And during the night, the Assyrian camp, one angel put to death 185,000 Assyrian soldiers and they all woke up dead the next morning. Well, that's what it says. Amen? You say, well, my Bible don't say that. Well, mine does and I don't like other Bibles to try to correct my Bible. But anyway, that's one of my pet peeves. Then there's this thing that you know, we need to spread our problems before the Lord. We need, instead of getting panic, instead of getting, trying to figure it out ourselves, we need to just lay all of our problems out before the Lord because God cares. Amen? Hold on. God cares. Hold on. We're going someplace. Hold on. Satan can't stop us. We may trip and fall. We may stumble. We may, get, we get in, we may even get embarrassed. I mean, you know, Satan wants to embarrass us. Proverbs 24, verse 16 says, For a just man falleth seven times and riseth up again, but the wicked shall fall, and stay down into mischief. The Bible says, a just man falleth seven times. And trust me, I've never seen anybody fall gracefully. Amen? I mean, I don't even walk gracefully. And I sure don't dance gracefully. And there's no way I can run gracefully. And I guarantee you, I can't fall gracefully. I don't care how strong you are. I don't care how spirit you are. When you fall, it's embarrassing. Amen? Amen? I don't forget, how many remember in 73, what was it, 73, 76, 77, so, I can't remember in the early 70s, we had the big ice storm. Remember that big ice storm we had in Missouri? It was really cold. And it just kept freezing back. The ice, would th- the snow would thaw then, freeze back, and it, was, it lingered on several months. And we lived on a hill. And this guy pulls up, and he is so proud of his four-wheel pickup truck. And he is so I mean he's got it down. He's got this four-wheeler. He's gonna show me I just got went right up your heel and parked on your heel. He's he's all dressed up in his cowboy boots and his cowboy hat, and he's got his western shirt on. He's all decked out, and man, he's going and I watched him out the window. I'm inside where it's warm, he's outside where it's cold. And I watched him as he got out of his truck, he slipped. The door opened on the driver's side. He slipped and he slid all the way under the truck out on the other side. He jumped up and looked because he was embarrassed. Did you rub it in? What do you think I did? (laughs) I wasn't a Christian then and I rubbed it in. But as a Christian, we shouldn't rub it in if someone slips and stumbles. Pride cometh before a fall. But there's an interesting story in 2 Samuel chapter 10. King Nahash, he's the king of Ammon, Ammonites. And King Nahash dies, and it, and his son takes the throne of Hanun. Hanun takes the uh, the throne of uh, Hanash, uh, Nanash, and so David hears about the death of Nanash in Haman, uh, uh, the the king of Hamanites, and David sends a delegate of comforters, a delegate of people that would come and encourage them, and I mean, he sent his best. They're in their royal robes. I mean, they're they're really decked out. They're going, and they're going to encourage the king's son for his daddy dying and the Ammonites and Hanan he's going to encourage and David felt sorry so he sent a delegation gifts and several men in their beautiful robes and they go over there and and, uh, the boy uh, uh, Hanan says well you're despised you don't care about us and King David was actually showing a good gesture you know what he did to him? The son of Nanash, his Hanan, instead of thanking David for, for what he did, he took these men in their beautiful robes and he shaved off their beard, half of their beard. We're not talking about snip snip like this. We're talking about like this, bald on this side, beard on this side. After he shaves off half their beard, he gets a knife or scissors or something and he clips up the backside of the robe and he cuts away the backside of the robe all the way up to their waist so their rear ends would shine. And he sent them back to David with their backside shining and half beards. David heard about it. And he told him, he said, you stay down in Jericho till your beard grows back. I don't think they waited long to get their clothes changed. I don't know about you, I could handle half the beard. I don't have one at all. I could handle half a beard. I I handle no beard at all. But if they cut the tail out, (laughs) I'm kind of embarrassed. So I'm going to walk like this all the way back home. The only problem is I'm embarrassed when they look at me in front and I'm embarrassed when they look at me in back and I'm gonna walk all the way home backwards. I've never been so embarrassed that you just wanted to walk backwards home. Amen? Say, So, well, I've never been embarrassed like that and I pray that you never will be. But when we fall into sin, Satan is trying to make us embarrassed and ashamed. And he wants to show us power against us and put us to shame. But I want to say to you today, when you get embarrassed, hang on and never let go. Hang on and never let go. Embarrassment is only temporal. Problems is only temporal. It'll come and it will go. Hang on, and never let go. We live in a day that a lot of people are trying to hang on by different means and different ways. But I want you to know, when someone falls, the Bible says a just man it didn't say if he falls, it says when the just man falls seven times. So a, a just man will fall. And so when you fall, uh, a wicked man when he falls, he just stays down and indulges in evil. But a just man gets up over and over. He falls, gets up. He falls, he 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 gets up seven times. He doesn't give up. Listen, you're not a failure until you fall and stay down. Get up, you're victorious. Every time you get up, you're victorious. Amen. Come on, I'm preaching better than you're responding. And so when you fall down, get up and dust the dust off your gospel garments. Dust yourself off and don't give up. Just keep going for Jesus Christ. Dust yourself off. Retune your heart. Recalculate forgiveness in your life. Breathe the blessing of God. Receive the mercy of God. Get back up. Stand back up. Walk for God because our God's mercy endureth forever. Don't give up. Hang on to your forgiveness. Hang on to your powerful God. Hang on to your Savior because there's no one else to hang on to. Amen? Buddha's in the grave, Muhammad's in the grave. Confucius is in the grave. The false gods are in the grave. But Jesus is not in the grave. He rose again from the dead. Amen. Amen. Hang on because you have nothing else to hang on to other than Jesus Christ. Amen. Yes. We live in a day, if you're hanging on to your toys, and the old, the old bumper sticker says, He that dies with the most toys wins, well, he's still dead. And somebody else has got his toys. It's not about money, it's not about things, it's not about material uh, achievements, it's not about uh, a, a great uh, uh, things that you do in life. It's not about the great skills and the great abilities you have. It's about your relationship with Jesus Christ. And when this world's on fire, the only one's going to do you right is the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. When the, when the heavens fall and the stars crumble and all the heaven passes away, it is the words of Jesus Christ that shall never pass away. Hang on. Hang on! John chapter 6, verse 66. Jesus is preaching a scorching sermon. He's telling them that they need to trust him and that he's the only way, the truth, and the life. And they need to eat of his flesh and drink of his blood. He tells them that he's the true bread from heaven, that he's greater than Moses. He's greater than all the other prophets before. Jesus is preaching to them there's no way into life except through the, the spirit that quickens and the and, and it is the flesh that profits nothing. The words that Jesus Christ said, I say, are spirit and they are life. The Bible says in John 6, verse 65, he said unto them that went away, therefore said I unto you that no man can come unto me except it were given unto him of my Father. And verse 66 says, from that time many of his disciples went back and walked no more with Jesus. And then Jesus said unto the 12, will you go away? And Peter speaks up. Simon Peter answers in verse 68, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words to eternal life. And we believe and are sure that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Do you believe? Are you sure? that Jesus Christ is the son of the living God? Do you believe that Jesus Christ is your Lord and your God and your savior? Do you believe that Jesus Christ brought light into the world, brought love into the world, brought the word of God into the world? Do you believe Jesus Christ died on the cross of Calvary, went to the tomb, rose again from the grave? Do you believe Jesus Christ is coming back again? Then look no farther, to whom shall we go? He has the word to eternal life. Hold on to your forgiveness through the blood of Jesus Christ. Hold on to the words of Jesus Christ. Hold on to his promise, I'll come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Hold on to the forgiveness. Hold on to your faith. Hold on to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hold on. The storm is raging. Hold on. Israel's under attack. Hold on. Tribulation's coming. World War III will be here soon. Hold on. The economy's collapsing. It's not going to be all fair and well around us, but to whom shall you go? There's no one to go to except Jesus Christ. He's the only one that broke out of the graveyard. He's the only one that died and loved you and shed his blood for your sins. He, Jesus, is the only sovereign God of the universe. He is my Lord and my God. To whom shall I go? It is He and He alone that can save my soul. It is He and He alone that can save your soul. You can have your hands full of crisp $100 bills, both of them, both fists. You can have diamonds in your pockets, pearls in every pocket of your clothing. You can have bank accounts. You can have drive the greatest car that was ever built. You can have respect. You can, people will look at you in honor. You can wear the finest of clothes. You can go out and do the eat the best of food and, and live the best life that anyone could live. But when it's all said and done, there's only one person you can go to. And that's Jesus Christ. There's only one person that'll meet you beyond the grave. There's only one person that will go with you through the grave. It's only one person, and and Thomas said, "My Lord and my God," and I want to say it from the house top. Jesus Christ is my Lord and my God, and I have no one else to turn to. He's it. He's it. He's it. He's it. I was praying Sunday morning for several of people in our church and one of the things I said to the Lord while I was praying, I said, God, you are the only true, wise, invisible God. You are God and all the other gods are little gods. They're not real gods, they're not true gods. And I, in my prayer, I was saying to God, you're it. There is no other gods. Oh, there's gods, but they're not really gods. You're the God of all creation. You're the God of all majesty. But in my prayer, I said, if there were another God, if there were, there's not, but if there were, I said, God, I'd choose you. Because you're the one who loved me so much that you came to me in your son, Jesus Christ. And your son so loved me that he died on the cross for me. And I would choose you over anything else in the world. I choose Jesus I, I choose Jesus over money. I choose Jesus over material prosperity. I choose Jesus over fame. I choose Jesus over over pleasures. I choose Jesus over houses and land. I choose Jesus over rah rah rah, the gang's all here. Let's go play. Let's go do. I choose Jesus. You say but Richard, how do you have any fun oh i feel so sorry for those folks because they're not having no fun they just think they're having fun amen now i'm the first one that would love to go deer hunting i mean i love to go deer hunting i love to rabbit hunt and quail hunt I love to fish i mean when i was younger i loved to do all that and there's nothing wrong with it it's wonderful i mean you know the Bible's full of great hunters david was a hunter Great men of God were hunters, so I'm not speaking evil. I love the fish. I, I, you know, I, I love the pleasures. But the other day, I was pulling in Sunday morning, 4 o'clock in the morning, come and go. And there was this guy that had his big bass boat. It was cold. And he was getting his ice to put in his little carrier for his beer. And he's all getting hurried, and he's all running to his boat, so he's going to go down to the lake. And it's Cold. And I'm grabbing my coat, and it's cold. And I got in my car. I looked up at heaven. I said, I'm glad there's not a bass boat on the back of my car. I'm glad I'm not going to sit out there in a boat in the cold water. Oh, it's fun. Nothing wrong with it. But I found something even better on Sunday morning to do, and that's not doing other things. Sunday morning. Amen. Amen. I'm a Sunday morning person. I'm a Sunday morning Christian. Yes. Amen. I'm not belittling any of that stuff. Football and basketball and all this sport. wonderful. Have fun. But oh, if you don't know Jesus, you don't know fun. You don't know happiness. You think you do. Amen. And next time you're up in that tree stand, and the only thing scurrying around is a squirrel, and it's just now getting daylight and it's cold, it's so cold, it is so cold. I mean, it is so cold that on your way to the deer woods, there was a teenager that pulled his pants up, it was so cold. That's cold. <laughs> Amen. And deer walk under your tree and they look at each other and say, look at that nut up there. Let's give him a chance. <laughs> and the deer said, I'm safe. <laughs> I missed him that much. Really. No, I'm not against deer hunting. There's deer hunting's coming up. In fact, it's already going. I'm against turkey hunting, deer hunting. I'm not against any of that. I'm just trying to say to you, add it all up: sports, hunting, fishing, barbecues, going out, dancing, having parties. None of that compares to a moment in the presence of the Holy Ghost. None of that compares to a moment in the presence of God Almighty. None of that compares to knowing that you're saved and you're just hanging on. Hang on. Don't let go. Amen. Amen. Now, don't you go off and say, Pastor Eakin said it wasn't okay to... Fish and hunt. I'm not saying that at all because you may catch me out there next week. <laughs> Nothing wrong with it. But what's wrong is when you focus on what's nearest you and the God of heaven's far away. That's what's wrong. And you could never be happy until you know Jesus Christ. You can never know real joy. Hang on. Hang on. I promise you, if the U.S., and I think it's not if, when the U.S. gets under attack, not when, when it does, it's not if, it's when we get under attack. And when things begin to fall apart and things begin to be worse than ever the 9-11 ever dreamed of being, the church will fill up. God knows how to scurry us in the right direction, amen? Sheep have to be sometimes not only follow, sometimes sheep have to be forced to go in the direction they need to go, amen? I'm going to be one of them sheep that follow, amen? So tonight, I conclude this series on never letting go with hang on, hang on. The best is yet to come. Hang on. Jesus is coming soon. Hang on. The best is yet to come. Josh, would you come? Hang on. The best is yet to come. When it looks like all is lost, hang on. When it looks like the sun will never rise, hang on. When it looks like you're stuck in your today with torment and fear, hang on. When it looks like you've stumbled and you're embarrassed, hang on. Don't let go. When you're ashamed and you feel inadequate and you've tripped and stumbled, get up and hang on. When it looks like you don't know where to turn, yes, you do. As Peter said, Thou hast the words of eternal life. And we believe and we are sure that Thou art the Christ, the living Son of God. Hang on. Hang on. If I can leave one or two words with you, as you leave tonight, if I can leave two words with you, here they are. Hang on! I leave those two words with you tonight. Hang on! Never let go never let go. Stand with me.